Welcome to the Unsophisticated Palate. A podcast about all things wine, beer, and spirits. Each week, join us on our journey as we drink and delve into different alcohol-related topics. I'm Mark. And I'm Jen. Cheers. Cheers. All right, Jen. So, and actually, let's just say podcast listening public. I'm going to apologize for this right now. What? And then I'm going to do it anyway. Okay, just say it. Roll out the barrels. Oh I will have a barrel of fun. I did not Roll see that coming. I really, when he was the barrels. We've got the blues on the run. Oh my God, it's not stopping. Zing, boom, tarot. Oh Can someone bring out oh, a song no. of good cheer? This is, when is it going to stop? Now's the time to roll out the barrel for the gang's all here. You're welcome. Okay. <laughs> Jen is recovering. Hopefully you all are recovering. I had to do it. We're talking about, if you haven't guessed, barreling. <laughs> <laughs> I just took a big long. That was my drink. wine glass slamming on the table. By the way, I had to do it, Jen. I mean, did you? Yes, I did. <laughs> <laughs> I did. I think we're going to put a survey on the unsophisticatedpalette.com. Did Mark have to do that? And the answer is going to be yes, because regardless we of find out. how other people felt, we I was compelled to do so. Anyway, welcome everybody. So happy to have you here. <laughs> if you have not figured out that we're talking about barrels, and if you are still listening, that, <laughs> if you are still listening, so happy to have you here. Yes. So happy. I mean, I was barely still listening, so <laughs> I'm happy. That I was actually, you know, not often I get to, to belt one out like that. So, um, oh. and as you can tell, there's a reason why. <laughs> I don't that's know. Okay. It seemed pretty well practiced. <laughs> I, you know what? I just winging that thing. Yeah. I actually had, I, I knew the, the, the roll out the barrel part, but I actually, I went and looked at the rest of the lyrics because I, I, it had to happen. It, again, it had to happen. <laughs> um, so <laughs> let's talk about barrels, but let's talk about four barrels. Cause you know, I like to talk about history. I, I know how much you love history. Facts. And so, you know, barrels we're not, you know, you see them in the movies and the shows and they're always in barrels and they're moving them around and everything, but it wasn't always that way, Jen. Oh. They well, were what actually was it like? originally done in clay. So, uh, and so they put them in clay and came around clay because clay was airtight. Um, and it was, uh, um, and the armies would often carry them around because it was safer than water because the alcohol would keep it from going bad, right? right? Which water can actually turn bad. Um, water it had, can turn bad? Yes, water goes bad. I mean, it'll it'll grow oh, bacteria guess, oh, and yeah, all sorts of stuff. Right, and if, right, you, right. you know, if you don't have a Sorry. good way to store it, yes, gotcha, um, gotcha. So the alcohol in the wine kept it from growing bacteria and other stuff, and um, it has calories. Which, if you are an army and not always fed very well, especially on the march, built you up. <laughs> any kind of calories you can get in, you oh. can work. So, but you can imagine these big clay. Things were kind of heavy and, and a little awkward, Jen. I, yeah, I would imagine. Yes. So the Roman army, uh, it's going like this for a long time. And then the Roman army is conquering the world, moving their way up north. And they encounter the Gauls you know, yes. in French. Oh, yes. I know all France, about the Gauls. Uh, the French areas. Um, and the Gauls had discovered oak barrels. They were mm. putting their wine in oak barrels. Oh, those... Gauls. They, they're smart. They knew what they were oh, doing. Oh, yeah, they did. Well, part of the issue, though, was that the Romans, the wood from their region tended to be hard. It was tried hard to form. It didn't. Yes, they had hardwood, Jen. <laughs> just, just, 
They had hardwood. I just spit out a little of my wine and snotted a little too. I, I just see this look on her face. I'm like, what did I say? I'm like, oh, I know what I said. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Anyway, Keep going. They had hardwood. They had hardwood, which made it difficult to make barrels, especially, again, that are, that are airtight, oh. but also, you know, allow for some oxygen and all that other fun stuff. But oak was easy to mold into barrels because of the, the porousness of the wood. It was also, you can make it watertight and it was abundant in the area. So, cool. so they started putting it in there. At first, they kind of excused the oak flavor and, and looked at it again, kind of as a flaw, as something that was, you know. Another happy mistake. Another happy mistake. Oh. Exactly. And and for a while, it was just, again, you it was, you, you dealt with the fact that the oak flavored the wine. And then they kind of realized, well, actually, this is kind of a good thing. <laughs> and maybe we kind of like this. And so from there, uh, they also then finally recognized, hey, this has a positive flavor on the wine, especially if you you know do it right. And they had how much you um, burned or roasted the oak as part of that bending process would affect, you know, and, and the less you do it, the more it would affect the flavor. And they so they learned all this kind of stuff. And then it kind of just started as the Roman army marched and as people figured this out, it just kind of really spread. And that's why we use oak barrels. That is so cool. It is kind of fun. That is super interesting. And I got to say, there's very few things I, well, actually, there's probably a lot of things in the world. But one of the, my favorite things in the world is going into a wine cave and they just have the rows Oh my gosh, it's one of my favorite things too. Barrels. Okay, so I've been to a lot of wineries in my day now and I have taken numerous pictures of the barrels in the winery. I guess it, and I, I don't know why I keep taking the picture. I just, oh, actually, I, I know exactly why. It's because it's beautiful. It, it is. is just a beautiful sight. And it's pretty much the same picture every time, but it's so beautiful. And it's a good I feeling. love it. And it's like this musty kind of smell and you see these beautiful barrels and the lighting is perfect. Oh, I love it. I love it so much. So oak barrels, by the way, are not just used for wine. They're also oh, used yes. for whiskey, you know, like, so it's not just used for wine, but we hear about them a lot with wine production and the oak does a few key things to wine. It adds flavor, yes, including, you know, vanilla and clove and smoke and coconut even like it can add yeah, that, and, and so when people are talking about it, it has that that oak flavor, vanilla flavor, clove flavor, butter flavor, um, whatever. It's actually, and I learned that it's. I always thought it was somehow coming from the grapes or or the soils or whatever, but that's actually coming from the oak. So the oak is giving it those flavors, right? And actually, one of my favorite quotes that I saw when I was doing my research is that oak is a winemaker's salt, and oh. it's when used correctly. It can increase the intensity and complexity of the wine, add attractive flavors, and elongate the finish. When it comes to seasoning wine with oak, winemakers have several options and very um, different intentions. And it's actually perfect. When you think of oak as a winemaker's salt, it's like, yes, it's their seasoning. It's giving it this extra flavor. So that's one part of the oak. Um, it also add, allows oxygen to come in. So it allows the smoother flavor. It allows the wine to become more, um, less astringent. It also makes a more suitable environment for um, something called malolactic fermentation, which sounds super fancy, but it basically <laughs> it allows the wine to taste creamier and it's this metabolic reaction that takes place. Um, and so that's another thing that happens in the oak barrel. 
Well, and it also, as I understand it, 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 it the porousness, I guess, if you will, yeah. or the density of the, the wood, the oak wood there, that's part of what allows a little bit, just the right amount of oxygen to kind of get in and help with that fermentation and flavor um, process. Um, did you know that only two oak barrels can be made per oak tree? I read that, and that Isn't was that shocking. crazy? So only two oak barrels can be make, made per oak tree, and it takes, like, a pretty specialized person to be able to make these, like, oak well, barrels. Well, first of all, it takes that oak tree. Well, oh, oh and like it takes decades. that oak tree decades to make, or to grow, sorry. Grow. And, and then you so, have a special person. And then you have a specialist to make these oak barrels. And so because of all that, these oak barrels are incredibly expensive. Each one costs anywhere between $600 and $1,200 per barrel. And another thing that's interesting is... You know, you can get a barrel that's, you know, kind of run of the mill, like kind of like, you know, fabricated, like, you know, made in a factory. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Or you can, there are these wineries that customize, oh. that you have custom made uh, wine barrels. So like, I want this, I want it to be made this certain way. And those, of course, are going to be much more expensive. Yes. Um, so, and... You know, there's a whole toasting process that goes into these barrels as well. I mean, there's so much that goes into making these wine barrels. Well, it's, you got the cost per barrel, and I I saw that that adds two to five dollars per bottle. Per it's bottle. kind of the breakdown. Exactly. So, like, if you're buying a twenty dollar bottle of wine, say, yeah, five dollars of that could have gone to just just the barrel, the barrel just the barrel alone. So part of so because of that. Some winemakers have taken alternative measures to get that oakiness into their wine mm -hmm. um, and because they want that flavor, right? And wine barrels are expensive. So they're like, well, what can we do to get that flavor into our wine without actually having the barrel itself? And there are a few ways. I think you found this too. Uh, this actually blew my mind because <laughs> yes. I actually had no idea. So one thing that winemakers can do is turn, get, they have these, um, oak staves, these long strip of toasted oak that are placed into stainless steel um, fermenting tanks. And then they can um, get that oaky flavor into the wine or they can get oak chips that it's almost like a tea, yeah. <laughs> you know, like steeping the oak in there. That's the less expensive method, more well, less expensive powder. So almost like a sawdust yeah. oak or whatever. And you that's put even that less there. expensive. Yeah. But the problem with the chips and the powder is it's not as um, controllable as, you know, obviously the barrel or the staves. So it's not going to be quite as high end as obviously the other methods, but still you get that flavor in there. So it's well, these amazing, amazing methods of getting like these vanilla flavors and stuff like this into this. Yeah. Wine. And they said, if you're not told, they had experts and non-experts or whatever they had. Uh, I think one, one thing I read, there was like five, 600 different people tasting and they did not tell them and they could not tell the difference between some of the, the, like the staves versus the barrels. Yeah. I was blown away. I, this was brand new. I mean, I feel like I know quite a bit about wine. I had no idea, no idea. It was just so, I thought it was so cool. And that made me a little happier because I, I struggled to think an entire oak tree goes for two barrels and and so i just see this whole tree and, and i love oak trees <laughs> and you see that whole tree go and you get two barrels and and that's just sad to me right but you know sometimes you know they're not only used luckily they're not only used once some some are yes some are used multiple times so we'll and we'll talk about that as well yeah well and, and i i wanted to mention here briefly 
The wine thieves. What? The wine thieves. Tell me more. Do you know what a wine thief? A wine thief? A wine thief. Like someone who steals wine? No. <laughs> it's a fun term. It's when you do a barrel tasting. Yeah. And they, they put the, they, they open the bung hole, uh-huh. <laughs> as we now know what that is. They remove the bung from the bung hole. And then they have. Still funny. <laughs> Still funny. Then they have a, a um, little device that, that like takes the wine out of the barrel so you can taste out of the barrel. Oh, yeah. And that is called a wine thief. Oh, my gosh. Which I like because it's like you're stealing a little I bit of the wine it. out of there. Yeah, that I thought is that was so a really cool. cool thing. Oh, my gosh. So I love I had that to mention so much. the wine thieves. So there isn't just one type of oak, though. Like, so when we talk about like, oh, yeah, this comes from one type of, oh, yeah, it's one, yeah, this one oak tree makes two barrels. Yeah, no, there's several different yeah. kinds of oak and they each, they're going to affect the flavor differently. And that's because of everything from the environment they grew up in to the um, density of the wood. It's going to allow different amounts of oxygen and other things. So there's generally two different kinds of oak. Um, one is either French or European oak. I've seen most people refer to it as French oak, but right. because it actually does come from Hungary and uh, Slovenia or Croatia as well, some it can also be referred to as European oak. Um, it tends to be more dense. It has those closer spaced, you know, uh, rings uh, inside the uh, of um, within the tree within the grains, if you will, um, and that's supposed to impart less oak. Um, and a little less oxygen. And so that's going to be uh, ideal for lighter wines like a Chardonnay or a Pinot. Yep. Then you've got your American oak, which I found interestingly comes from primarily Missouri and the Midwest. Oh, well, um, that's interesting. Yeah, I just, I don't know why. I just assumed, I mean, there's oak most places, not everywhere, but most yeah, places, places in the United States. But that's where the, the predominantly comes from, the, the ideal oak comes from. Um and the, the American oak, um, because again, it's it's a little bit, it, it allows a little bit more oxygen in there. It's going to give it more robust flavors. It's going to be better for more structured wines like your Cab, uh, Petite Syrahs. Um, so you need a wine that, because that oak, it's a very robust flavor. It's a strong oak. And so you need wines that can kind of handle that. And so, so that's kind of the two oaks. And then as you mentioned, You've, or, or there will be the term the new oak versus old oak, right? right. So there's, um, you know, is, is the barrel, once the barrel's not been used, that's new oak. <laughs> and once it's been used, then it's old oak. It's pretty much that simple. And because, um, you know, like my analogies or whatever, I, I, it's kind of like tea. So you got a tea bag, you know, you're going to make the first one's going to be strong, the next one right. not so strong, da da da. And eventually you're pretty much getting water. <laughs> um, and that's kind of how the oak is. The more times it's used, the less flavor that's going to get in there. And so do these wineries, so once they use their barrels, one, I, my understanding is sometimes they'll sell their barrels to other wineries. Yeah, they'll sell it off for, uh, it's actually very popular to be used for whiskey. Um, sometimes ports or, or other kind of things will age well in, in, in the, the used barrels. They'll also a lot of times um, mix them up. So they'll... Because what they'll do is they'll they'll do like an entire vintage, right? Which can be several tons of grapes and it's going to fit, you know, tens to hundreds to maybe even thousands of barrels. Um, some may be new, some may be old. And then before they bottle it, they're going to blend it all back together. And then that's going to be the um, more blended um, wine. So you get a little of the new oak versus the old oak. 
And that's going to kind of round out some of that flavor. So you can get a little bit of the best of both worlds. So most wines, again, it depends on the, uh, the winery and how they, the winemaker and what their preference is, but they're going to generally be some kind of a blend of both. Um, and there are other woods other than oaks. Um, uh, there's pine even. Um, so it seems as a weird wood to have as part of a barrel because I can't imagine tasting pine in my wine, but I guess. Well, and it is. It's going to, again, impart a very different flavor. So that's right. why they're much rarer. Yeah. Um, you don't see them used as often. Um, and, and it is going to be a very different and more unique flavor. Right. I mean, that's something I would see more with, and I'm guessing, but more earthy kind of wines or whatever like that, because you're going to bring That makes sense. That. that definitely makes sense. Well, there are definitely, there are other types of barrels too, or other types of yeah, storage vessels. Because you hear oaked or non-oaked and, and, and uh, everyone talks about oak barrels, but we know not all wine is, is done oaked. oaked. Right. Yeah. So alternatives to oaking your wine are stainless steel, and, you know, the stainless steel, introduction of stainless steel tanks was in the 50s and 60s. And um, it was beneficial because, you know, it was a really clean way of storing wine. And there was very limited wine loss because, you know, it was all in stainless steel. Like yeah, nothing I, was absorbed. Yeah. And that's actually, I did not know that um, until I did a, a cave tour a while back. And they, the, just like it lets some of the oxygen in, it actually, oh, it's called the um, angel portion. Have you heard oh, that? no. Because um, some of the wine will actually, um, uh, what's it called? Evaporate oh. uh, out of the barrel over time. Yeah. And that is referred to as the angel's share or the angel's portion oh, of the wine because it's kind of taken by the angels or whatever. I've never heard of that. That's yes. it. Oh, I like so, I like that, actually. Yeah, That's I thought it was nice. cool, too. So anyway, but so, so steel so won't steel do that. So steel won't do that. And also, it ensures that no, like, other aromatic components are going to be put into the wine. Nothing yeah. else is getting in there. So as opposed to oak, where you're getting those flavors in there, steel is putting really very little in there. It's and nothing. that's keeping it, the idea I think to that is it's keeping it very true to the flavor of the grape. Exactly. Right? It's, so it's going to be really crisp. It's going to be fruity. Um, so the wines that are typical to your stainless steel are going to be your Sauvignon Blancs, your unoaked Chardonnays, and you tend to, it's, you remember, we've talked about, um, like when we talk, when you hear about like these, uh, like these tart wines, um, really kind of, I don't know, fruity, acidic. Yeah. You're, that's what you're, those, that, those are your stainless beef. steel yeah. wines. Yes. But another super cool alternative, which I actually just started learning about relatively recently was, is concrete. Yes. And the, so I, okay, so you know me in the quotes, you know, I love quotes. Okay. Um, so I saw this quote about concrete and it's, it said the difference between wine aged in new oak versus one stored in concrete is enormous. A wine held in concrete will be pure um, in flavor. It will only taste like wine with no makeup. Oh, with no makeup no because makeup. it's actually really similar to, um, wine that's made in stainless steel. Um, it doesn't have a lot of other flavors that come into it, but um, it doesn't have the same kind of tartness for some reason. Like for some reason, it doesn't have the same kind of fruitiness and it doesn't have flavors. It's very clean, but it um, it doesn't, for some reason, doesn't have the same kind of harshness. I don't know yeah. why. It just you know, doesn't I have, concrete, I, I think, think like there's the something about- or buildings. I know. And it's just weird to think about that. I, it's and such why. a weird- 
interesting thing. To but I hear they, they coat the inside, right? Did you actually? Did you I see didn't that? see that. I don't know. They must do something. I, I hear but, that they have. Sometimes they do that. Okay, so I haven't. I don't know for sure, but okay. um, what I think the steel must interact with the wine for some reason that gives it that tartness. But there's something. Nothing interacts with the wine. The, it, the concrete doesn't interact with the wine. Well, that makes in sense because steel right? is processed. Right. And so there's well, got to be something, something in metallic, that, whereas the concrete you know, is just it's right, earth, it's concrete, right? It's, right? Yeah. So it doesn't do the same thing. So what's interesting, though, so there are some disadvantages to concrete. And obviously, it's mass, like the mass. It's so heavy. Yeah. And I can imagine. Um, cleaning it is a big old pain in the butt. Mm-hmm. And there apparently is some gnarly cleaning regimen to having to clean those things well, because out. Concrete tends to be very porous. It, exactly. Yeah. And then if you um, if you um, make a red wine in the concrete tank and then go to put make a white wine in there, there's the chance that you will pink. They call it pinking the wine. Oh. So there's a chance your sense. white wine will become pink. I mean. It's like throwing the red sock exactly. in the white laundry. And that is exactly <laughs> what might happen. So there are some disadvantages to concrete. But people are really coming around because it's also a good ecological solution. You're not cutting down trees. You're, you know, it's a kind of a nice way to, I don't know, a nice approach. Well, it's different. I, and, and I think that's what's so cool about it is, is you know, there's so many, you got oak, you got steel, concrete, um, there's glass. I've heard about glass. I actually, to you told it. me about that. I had not heard about glass. Yeah. And I, I don't know a whole, whole lot about it. I'll confess, but it's just, again, another way to store it and age it and ferment it. And again, it kind of gives it that pure, you know, it's not going to affect the flavor because it's glass, right? right? And it's a little easier to clean than concrete. Oh my um, gosh. Glass would be amazing. Yeah. So, but I, I'm sure there are but challenges you, yeah. to it. Um, you think, yeah. Yeah, and, and so again, that's something uh, maybe learn a little bit more about. I, I got some limited information, but that was well, about it's interesting it. because you think wine is stored in glass. Like we think, like our bottles are glass. Yeah, but so, you but you've got to watch the light exposure too. So I would either have like to be kept cave. in a dark place or keep a dark black glass huh. or something. Anyway, yeah, yeah. Anyway, we get to hear and talk about this. And all then day there's long. clay. Actually, I've been hearing a lot of people well, doing things in ceramics and like, clay. It's almost like a the, throwback to yes, yeah, to the original to, times. Right. Yeah, like uh, the original what they found. Over 8,000 years ago, and I think they just found a new location, if I'm correct, that dates it back to 10,000 or more years ago, where they're finding clay pots with evidence of wine in them. So that's how long that is so cool people have been making wine and again in clay and that's why i really like the idea of the clay and the ceramics and going back and doing yeah. it that way the problem is as i understand it there is it's much more porous so you lose right. a lot more um it, it's a difficult thing it's not as easy as you would think yeah so well it seems like with the technology today they will figure it out if they really want to you know what yes i believe that we're gonna figure it out so the, the, the thing is, though, is when does it go in the barrel? So right. that's and, and then for how long? Right. Because that's all going to affect things. And, and there's no firm answer on this. But generally, if you know, and we'll actually we need to do an episode on just the winemaking process as a whole. Like, how is it actually made? I, think I know. It's so interesting. Yeah. From like picking it to stomping it to, to you know, all that. Anyway, so we'll need to do that. But um, it gets, you know, it gets put in these big fermentation tanks and it ferments. And after it's fermented and the yeast has settled, so after it's kind of gone through that fermentation process, that's when it goes into the barrel. So it's got to finish the ferment. It'll do a little bit more fermentation in the barrel, but usually that by that point, most of it is done. Um, 
And then how long is going to vary from six months to 30 months? Um, it's going to depend on, again, how much oak flavor do you want right. out of it? Um, what size is the barrel? So like a big old, a bigger barrel is going to have less exposure to the oak, right? So if you got like a little five-gallon one, almost all that wine's getting oak exposure versus 50 or 100, you know, gallon well, one. Well, and I read something about there, the fact that there has to be a certain amount of wine in the barrel at all times. I have actually, I've heard that as well. I think well. it has to be at least half full or something. Like there's some, there's some amount of yeah, wine that always has to be in the barrel. Or something. Yeah. yeah. Or yeah, there, to maintain its shape too. Yeah. And so all of that is going to go into, again, how long, how much flavor do we want this, of the oak flavor do we want the wine to take on versus, you know, um, again, what's the size of the barrel and all of that. So that's going to determine, again, it can be, I mean, even, even just a couple months. Although usually I think at, at the minimum I was seeing is around six-ish. Um, and like I said, so as much as 30 months, um, kind of just sitting in those barrels, just taking in that flavor. Um, and then I think we talked about that. And then before they bottle it, they, they'll take all the barrels and blend them together so that it's all kind of, so that's why sometimes too, if you, you do get, um, as we talked about last week, the barrel tastings, um, and if you do, do get some of that, it may not be exactly the same as the final you get in the bottle because you may be tasting out of an old or a new oak. Um, and, and sometimes they'll even mix American and French oaks and again, all that blend. So it may actually end up being a little bit different, but that's the fun there. That's very cool. Well, I have kind of a fun fact for you. Ooh, uh, you, uh, you know, we like our fun I facts. I know. So do you want to know where the biggest wine barrel in the world is? I actually do. <laughs> you know, that's like biggest ball of twine. I don't care about, I but know. I do want to know where the biggest okay, wine barrel so is. So the biggest wine barrel in the world is in Italy. Mm. And its name is the Heidelberg Tun. It's actually got a name. It does. And it is. And it is. It was constructed in 1751, and it's seven meters high. It's eight and a half meters wide. It can hold 220,000 liters or 58,124 gallons of wine. That's a lot and, of wine. No, this is my favorite part, though. <laughs> is it actually used? Do you know? I don't know. Okay, I was just curious. Um, but it has a dance floor on top of it. <laughs> And people, <laughs> visitors are allowed to climb on top of it and dance. I like that. I know. I want to know if they've ever brewed any food I think or fermented I mean, or... I don't know. That's actually aged, a good question. Age. That's what it is. Aged any wine I don't in know. But it can hold that much. That's, it didn't say if it did ever hold that much, but yeah. it says it can hold that yeah. much. That would be interesting. And then I I kind of want Big to buy pate. a bottle of that. <laughs> pate. I like it. Yeah. Um, and the only other kind of fun thing is because they the barrels are good for about one to three-ish years. Usually, max, I think the average is about two years. Um, so they don't have a lot of life in them, at least for the wine. And then they may then, like I said, go to whiskey or port or some other kind of use and age. But eventually, that barrel runs out of use. And which is a little sad because this was once an oak tree. But what right. I think is cool is like all the different things you can do with wine barrels. And yeah. I think you've seen them. I mean, they make the like the art out of them, furniture, um, you, do you know planters. That, uh, my, on my patio, my um, I have a table that's made out of a wine barrel. Is that made out of a wine yes. barrel? I have eaten at that table. <laughs> I, I had no idea that was a wine barrel table. Yeah, it's a wine barrel table. Yeah, I yeah. like that. I know. And yeah, no, I just like, and, and I think they need to be used. And so people buy the used wine barrels. A, a half of an oak tree's life went to that yes, one wine you barrel. use those wine barrels. You can use, oh, oh, and actually I have two planters. I have two planters and a table on my patio that are all wine barrels. And there's candle holders. Oh my gosh, there's, there's so much you can do with wine yes. barrels. Use them. Use them. Everyone who listens them. to the Unsophisticated Palette should go out and buy 
used wine barrels right now. Yes, I think I'm, I don't own one. I actually thought about buying like an entire barrel and putting it next to the bar. In oh my, my gosh, house. I've seen like um, ice chests made out of them. I've seen really cool stuff. Oh, coffee tables. Coffee tables. Oh, I mean, yeah. so much cool stuff you yeah. can do. In tables, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's got to match your decor and yada, yada, yada. But again, I mean, what doesn't go with the wine barrel? Yeah. <laughs> Everyone's decor goes with the wine barrel. Yes. But let's, let's try to make sure that, that they don't just end up in a junk pile exactly. or the, the landfill or whatever it may yeah. be because that Use would be them very for good. sad. Use them for good. Yes. Anyway, guys, you can see all of this information on theunsophisticatedpalette.com. And please give us your feedback. Email us. Contact us. We'd love to hear from you. Yes. And we might even answer. Yeah. Oh, we will. Yes. Of course we'll answer. <laughs> and we like people. We do like people. Um, and do go on. Make sure you're subscribed. Hopefully all of you are by now. Um, and you've rated us. Uh, it only takes a, a couple seconds. Um, but please do go in and rate us. Again, it does good things for us and others because they can find us too. Exactly. And until next time, drink responsibly. Cheers. Cheers. Cheers.